Hello everyone, SL12743 here. We have a regular episode of the 501st cast here for you, ready to go, but stay tuned after the very end for a special Sithmas surprise. This episode of the 501st cast is dedicated to Garrison Carita Trooper TJ McIntyre, SLTK11246. TJ passed away last month after a brief battle with sickness. He now will be forever remembered in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. Did you miss us? Well, we're back with episode 99 for December 2016. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, SL12743. And Marcus, TK14057. The 501st Legion is currently at 10,167 members with 18,033 approved costumes in the Legion. We're almost to the point where we have each member has two costumes. We're getting there. (laughs) This episode, we give an update on our Make-A-Wish endowment, talk about Carita's first charity walk, participate in several holiday parades, and did you know we're hosting a private concert with Weird Al at Celebration and inviting you? Yeah. We're cool like that. Stay tuned. Recent news. We wanted to start off with a couple of congratulations for new units in the Legion. Garrison Carita now has a squad in Delaware. First state squad. We now have outposts for the Ukraine and Uruguay, and our Malaysia outpost is now a garrison. To explain, an outpost can form if there is at least one member in a country that doesn't already have a 501st Legion unit, and they can apply for garrison status once they have at least 25 members. I think there's also some other new outposts and squads in the works, but not quite approved yet. Always exciting to see new units for the 501st. Last episode, we talked about the first ever public sale of a 501st Legion t-shirt to support our new Make-A-Wish Endowment Fund. The sales went extremely well. We blew through our 5,000 shirt goal and sold 6,911 shirts. If if you remember from last episode, we explained how to build the endowment. We needed to raise 150,000 by September 2021. Well, thanks to this sale, we already have raised $100,000. Actually, as of today, you can go to site.wish.org slash go to slash 501st Legion Endowment and see that our grand total is actually $105,725.42, more than two-thirds of the way there. We shouldn't have a problem reaching our goal. So whenever you hear someone mention that would like to support the 501st Legion and the good work that we do, please send them our endowment link found in our show notes, and they can make a donation anytime. Hopefully everyone who ordered their t-shirt has received theirs by now. 
We'd love to see photos of you and your shirts. Post them to our Facebook page or tweet them to at 501stCast. So we have a long list of new CRLs for you again this episode. And in case you don't recall, CRLs are the acronym for our Costume Reference Library. Each of our detachments is in charge of putting together the CRLs for the costumes that are in their care. Flagship Eclipse, which is our EU detachment, has updated their Night Sister Karis CRL from the Clone Wars cartoon. Imperial Officer Corps has completed the General Hux CRL, and the CRL for Agent Callus from Rebels is corrected. Had this weird, unfortunate typo that stopped it from showing up properly, but it's there now. So both those two can be approved by GMLs. And I thought we had already talked about this one, but Captain Phasma's CRL is totally completed thanks to lots of Photoshop work by Chris, BH6906. Spark Phase 1 has a completed CRL thanks to the Clone Trooper Detachment. They've also completed the CRLs for the 212th Utapau Shadow Commander, the Phase 2 Commander Fire, I believe is how it's pronounced, and Wolfpack's Phase 1 Comet. The Specs Op Detachment has a new costume, the First Order Flame Trooper, that's now ready for GML approval. And Klaatu, which I guess once had two different CRLs back in the day, one for while he was a skiff guard and one for while he was a palace guard. But uh, apparently the only difference between the two is if you wear the comma in the front or the back. So the CRLs have been combined into one, so it's easier to reference. And Klaatu is now ready for GML approval. The next one on the list isn't a new costume for Bounty Hunter Guild, but they did complete the Shea Vizsla CRL, so that one is now officially greenlit for GML approval. They've also updated a few other pre-existing CRLs, um, the Prey Vizsla Clone Wars Season 4 and 5 costume, Cal Scarata, and the Death Watch Airborne costumes. So kudos to Bounty Hunter Guild for working to upgrade all of those partially completed CRLs to completed status. And then last but not least, our Pathfinder Detachment has completed the CRL for the new Imperial Shore Trooper. It's a specialized variant of the Empire Stormtroopers trained and equipped for combat in tropical environments, as we will soon see in Rogue One. Expect to see a number of these stylish troops deployed at 501st events in the near future. And thank you to everyone who helped research, identify, and fabricate the parts for this striking new costume. The Pathfinders have pushed hard to complete the Shore Trooper CRL, and it's a unique CRL in that they decided to put all three variants in one CRL listing. We'll have links to all of these uh, costumes in our show notes, and excellent work to all of our members and detachments. As always, if you have any questions about how to join the 501st Legion, you can email us at recruit at 501st.com, and we'll help get you started. Congratulations to the Ladies of the Legions Facebook group for reaching 3,000 members. The Ladies of the Legions is an unofficial meeting spot for members and recruits for the 501st, Rebel Legion, Mando Mercs, and other Star Wars costuming clubs. It's a ladies-only area where women can talk about overcoming female-specific costuming questions that they might not feel comfortable talking about in view of their male counterparts. You can search for them on Facebook, or we'll have a link in our show notes. Hi, this is Mark Hamill, and you're listening to the 501st Cast, the most forceful podcast in the galaxy. Enjoy. Mission reports. Earlier this year, Roddy, BH7365, and Garrison Carita approached his Garrison Events Coordinator with an idea that he had after seeing a post on Facebook where one of our California garrisons walked 8 to 10 miles for a local hospital and raised a little less than $2,000. Roddy wanted to do something similar, to walk an armor for a charity. 
So that started the planning of Caritas first, very first, actually, independent charity walk. Independent in that, that they didn't rely on another charity or organization to invite them to a walk that was already set up. Roddy chose the location, set up EMTs to walk with the 501st, got a tent for his fellow troopers to change in, got a professional photographer to take photos, and raised close to $2,800, got free water from Wawa, and ordered all the marchers' hoagies for lunch. This walk wouldn't have happened without Roddy's drive to see it happen. Thanks as well go to eight other members who walked the 4.5 miles and solicited donations from friends and family. And of course, thanks to the members who helped fundraise for the walk, even when they couldn't attend. On the day of, the weather was sadly a bit cold, rainy, chilly, and windy. All the walkers arrived by 1 p.m., and the walk started at 2.15. Chad and Roddy were the first to cross the finish line at about 90 minutes later. Everyone had crossed by 4.15 p.m. Garrison Carita is very proud to report that they raised $8,236 for Make-A-Wish, and they're looking forward to doing it all again next year. To quote our Legion charity liaison, Thanks all of you for taking our hobby to the next level and realizing the awesome power and responsibility we're endowed to spread positivity and love to the world we serve. We'll have a link to a large photo gallery in our show notes. Thanks to Becca TB17435 and Jason TB9141 for that report. I thought that was pretty inspiring. Usually, uh, we've all gotten into the routine that we're just filling you know, event requests that we're invited to, but this mm-hmm. was really taking it a step further and they just developed their whole own charity walk. So well done, Carita. On October 23rd, it was time for Carolina Garrison's annual visit to MB Children's Hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina. Despite the short notice of the visit, they still had a good turnout with seven troopers and two squires attending. They were able to visit with a lot of kids and gave out almost all of the coloring, activity, and comic books they had brought with them. The kids were definitely excited to see our troopers. One boy, who had just had his birthday a couple days before, on the day that he was admitted into the hospital, sad to say, uh, all he could keep saying when he saw them was, This is so cool! And it's great when the parents are excited to see us as well as the kids. So kudos to all the troopers that attended and helped to bring a smile to the kids and the parents during an undoubtedly difficult time. We'll have a link to a group photo from this troop in our show notes. And thanks to Lewis, DZ6570, who was undercover as a rebel pilot at this troop, for that report. I think Empire City Garrison troopers must really love their polar plunges. They did a bunch of these last winter, too. Well, on this unseasonably mild morning of November 19th, Dave, TD6513, Chris, TB6744, and Ron, SL5928, and Eric, TK14729, attended the Special Olympics Polar Plunge at Cedar Beach on Long Island. This event helps sponsor Special Olympic events throughout the year, and the charity was very pleased with all of our appearances over the past few years. The weather was pleasant this year, hovering around the mid-50s, unlike last year when it was 30 and breezy. It started off slow, but by 10 a.m. it really filled up and they had a very nice turnout. Our troopers had a great time taking photos, giving out cards, citations, and interacting with some very enthusiastic kids and adults. Eric's son Alex also suited up as a Jawa and joined us for photos as well. Special thanks to Mrs. Lone Vader for squiring and taking photos, which we'll link to in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. On November 19th and 20th at Vienna Comic Con, 
Austrian garrison, Czech garrison, and Slovakia outposts, with assistance from the Rebel Legion and the dancers of Nakari tribal, raised a fabulous 3,012 euros and 50 cents, which is more than 3,200 US dollars, for St. Anna Kinderspital in Vienna. St. Anna Children's Hospital is the oldest children's hospital in Austria and treats children with cancer. Great work, troopers. Four troopers from Empire City Garrison attended the Gift of Thanksgiving event at the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum on November 22nd. This is their annual event for homeless families, where they provide a Thanksgiving dinner, a science-themed show, fun activities, and some Star Wars magic. Troopers arrived at 6 p.m., suited up, and hit the deck at 7 p.m. After being announced by the event organizers, the kids went crazy, the adults too. They walked the deck taking photos with fans young and old as they moved throughout the room. Before calling it a wrap, they got the chance to take to the flight deck and grab some pics with the planes on display. And we'll have a link to one of those photos in our show notes. Thanks to John, TI42070, for that report. Six members from Carolina Garrison plus an X-Wing pilot from the Rebel Legion helped add some Star Wars magic to a Toys for Tots event hosted by the Marines, the Navy, News Channel 2, and Spirit Line Cruises, the annual Toys for Tots Harbor Cruise on November 26th. Spirit Line Cruises in Charleston allowed passengers a free 90-minute cruise if they donated a toy. There were about 218 people on the cruise, plus added donations from our troopers, totaled approximately 230 toys donated to Toys for Tots. The morning started with troopers posing for pictures by the ticket booth, then moving to the ramp leading to the ship to greet people as they boarded. Finally, the troopers boarded the ship as well and mingled with the crowd on all three levels of the ship, taking a few breaks to eat and drink along the trip. The event went wonderfully with a great turnout and perfect weather. Carolina Garrison is looking forward to attending this event next year as well as supporting News Channel 2 at other charity events between now and then. We'll have a link in our show notes to a photo of our troopers guarding the donated toys. And thanks to Sean, TK10204, for that report. Empire City Garrison once again attended the Cradle of Aviation Museum's Long Island Festival of Trees event. The event hosted vendors and exhibits from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on November 26th to help raise money for the United Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County. Sixteen troopers from Empire City Garrison were joined by ten customers from the Rebel Legion, Sabre Guild, and Docking Bay 516, which is a fan force group on Long Island. They organized the Empire Strikes the Cradle to help raise awareness for this nonprofit museum and to run a blasted trooper event which also support the United Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County. They raised $345 in less than five hours. This was the 11th time ECG has appeared at the museum, and as always, it was a huge success. There was a steady stream of guests throughout the day, estimated to be in the thousands by the end. And wherever our troopers went, a line would instantly form for photos. It was a bit exhausting, especially for those participating and running the Blasted Trooper events, but it was worth it. They also had legionnaires to do a panel on stage at 2 p.m. to answer questions about the 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison and the Rebel Legion's Echo Base, who were both represented. There was a large crowd, and they asked some great questions. The museum was incredibly appreciative for ECG's continued support and hopes to continue to host the 501st in the future. In fact, plans are already in motion for the next event at the Cradle of Aviation Eternal Con in June of next year. We'll have several links to photo albums in our show notes. Thanks to Chris TK6744 for that report. 
Also on Saturday, November 26, Star Garrison Central Texas Squad marched in the 20th annual Chewy's Children's Giving to Children Parade down Congress Avenue in Austin, Texas. With support from the Rebel Legion, Saber Guild, and Galactic Academy, there were nearly 40 characters to the delight of the cheering crowds. The approximately one-mile-long parade benefits Operation Blue Santa and asks citizens to bring unwrapped gifts with them to the parade route. At a designated time during the parade procession, all units will stop to collect the toys. Santa's helpers line the parade route and help spectators donate their toys, which are then distributed by the Operation Blue Santa program to other children just in time for the holidays. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes, and thanks to Paul, DZ27949, for that report. On Sunday, November 27th, our Costa Rica outpost participated in an event to help raise money and support for hurricane relief. For the first time in recorded history, Costa Rica was directly hit by a hurricane. During the week of November 20th, Hurricane Otto struck strong in the Central American countries of Panama, Costa Rica, and Nicaragua. The eye of the storm crossed coast to coast in the Costa Rica-Nicaragua border, hitting regions pretty badly, causing heavy damage, floods, landslides, and at least 10 lives were lost. With support from CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, Costa Rica Outpost worked to collect supplies such as baby formula, bottled water, canned goods, pet food, diapers, and clothing to send to the area affected by the disaster. Also, two Outpost members, Josh, SL24110, and Marco, CC3653, were deployed in an official real-life capacity as part of the Costa Rican Red Cross first response and rescue teams. We'll have a link to photos from the relief event in our show notes. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. Throughout the year, Garrison Excelsior collects toys and donations for the Pirate Toy Fund. It is a program similar to Toys for Tots, but is organized by local children's entertainer Gary the Happy Pirate. Collections go on all year long with large treasure chest shaped bins at the local malls, and at the end of the year, they have a big push to gather as many toys as they can before Christmas. On Tuesday, November 29th, Garrison Excelsior deployed troopers to appear with Gary the Happy Pirate during one of his TV news spots to make the donation and help promote the toy drive. While there, troopers, Pirate Toy Fund staff, and TV radio personalities all teamed up for a literal mannequin challenge by posing with store window mannequins. Check out the link to the video in our show notes. Garrison Excelsior was able to donate more than $1,200 worth of toys and help push the Pirate Toy Fund over their 17,000 toy goal for this year. Thanks to our very own Nikki, DZA397, and Bobby, TK71600, for that report. Yeah, that was actually my first time ever doing the mannequin challenge. And I was dressed as my Jawa. And I was like, <laughs> hey, this is pretty cool. I can still talk. I can yawn. I can blink. You know, I can do whatever I want because I have the mask on. So... I'm like, hey, this is really easy for 501st members to do the mannequin challenge. <laughs> How long but, was yeah, the challenge? I don't know. It was like 30 seconds or something. They just went down this um, right next to where the TV broadcast was taking place. There was this store that had, you know, floor to ceiling glass windows with mannequins in it. And someone was like, hey, we could just stand in the window like the mannequins and do the mannequin challenge. So we all filed in there. And uh, there was like three mannequins already in the window. And then we added like, I don't know, 10 more characters. And they just kind of like went down the the 
this play case. And uh, that was about it. So was uh, anybody scared that uh, they, they when they realized that you were real and that you weren't mannequins? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think the mannequin challenge is you know popular enough. I think everyone realized what we were doing, who was there. <laughs> so we couldn't like scare anybody, unfortunately. Oh, too bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still fun. Well, on Friday, December 2nd, two troopers from Empire City Garrison attended the tree lighting ceremony at Honor. Honor is an acronym for Helping Others Needing Our Resources, and the organization strives to do just that. They provide individualized and integrated services to people who may be combating chemical dependency, in need of temporary or transitional housing, or requiring crisis intervention. Honor provided our two troopers with a very large conference room to change in and played the Imperial March when they exited the building to join the festivities. TK34288 and TK7186 posed for photos with many people and greeted Santa when he arrived. We'll have a link to photos of our Santa hat-wearing troopers in our show notes, as well as a link to Honor's Facebook page so you can learn more about the organization and the work that they do. Thanks to Garrett, TK7186, for that report. On the evening of December 2nd, Garrison Carita marched in the Westchester PA Christmas Parade. The weather was a little chilly, but not too bad for trooping. The crowds were huge, too, so the town's citizens must not have been scared off by the chill either. After the Carita Jeep was in its lineup spot, the lights and signs were put on and the speakers were set up and ready to go. Parade goers were treated to a parade entry with not only Darth Vader and Boba Fett, but also Kylo Ren, Bausch, and several troopers. As always, they got asked for pictures before the parade event had even kicked off, which was at 7.45 p.m. Lots of high fives were given, and both Kylo and Vader did a bunch of lightsaber battling with kids with light-up swords. They did get bogged down a bit at times, but were generally able to keep things moving. The announcers at the reviewing stand had some really nice commentary about the good the 501st does and the quality of our costumes, so that was a nice plus. An amusing side note. One of the members wasn't able to get to the parking area before it was blocked off and ended up needing to park and dress on the street. Not too unusual. We've had to do stuff like that before. However, he ended up having to knock on a total stranger's door to ask for help Velcroing into his scout. And he had to stand there holding a child while the woman who had answered the door helped get him into his costume. It's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome that she helped him, but she had to have been like, what is she, going on here? <laughs> she could have easily said, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, kudos to her for helping the poor Scott out who was stuck from the rest of his troop. So, thanks to Butch, ID8544, for that report. And 501st Legion members are often asked to be in parades. In fact, Midwest Garrison was in the huge Thanksgiving Day Parade in Chicago, and we'll have a link to a YouTube clip from that. But parades in December can be extra fun when members go all out decorating their costumes for the season. Our Florida Garrison, just this past weekend, actually decked out their troopers with red shirts and tall hats and the little gold epaulettes so they look like nutcrackers. Uh, Many units add oversized candy canes, lights, and Santa hats to their costumes, so it's lots of fun to see all the imaginative ways people add some festive flair to their costumes. Oh, by the way, those troopers look awesome. (laughs) The The nutcrackers? Yeah. Spectacular. I think they even made our homepage. The the Uh, homepage. Yeah, I think they are. All right, speaking of Parades. 
The 63rd Annual National Christmas Parade was held on December 3rd between 9 and 11.30 a.m. And for a bulk of those two and a half hours, 18 brave members of the Mid-South Garrison and the Rebel Legion's Karelian base endured temperatures in the mid-40s but warmed many hearts of children and adults alike during the one-mile walk through downtown Nashville. About 100,000 spectators were present and lots of pictures were taken along the way. Along with Grand Marshal Kelly Clarkson, there were more than 100 entries. A big thanks to Matt Chui Pinkston for organizing our participation in this highly anticipated event. This troop report was brought to you by me. <laughs> and I think this next one is brought to you by me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on December 5th, 2016, Southern California Garrison was joined yet again by members of the Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, Saber Guild, and the Dark Empire, all totaling about 60 costumers at Hillside's Children's Home in Pasadena, California, for a gift-giving invasion. Each costumer brought gift-wrapped Star Wars Lego sets for the kids, and each kid got to choose which Star Wars character they wanted to get their present from. One child in particular called out, Where's Boba Fett? then singled him out from all the other costumers in order to get the Christmas bounty he was due. Other younglings chose Vader, and even Sidious was quite generous. I, I can vouch for that firsthand. Uh, still other younglings chose Stormtroopers, Sith Lords, Jedi, Bounty Hunters, Rebel Pilots, and other galactic characters. In addition, the Star Wars characters interacted with the kids, posed for photos, signed autographs, and answered all kinds of questions about Star Wars. It was a fun experience, as always, for the younglings, characters, and everyone in attendance. Star Wars costumers brought more than enough Lego sets for the kids, dozens more than needed, which will all be given to kids in the local area via a community outreach program overseen by Hillsides itself. So, um, yeah, we've been doing Hillsides since uh, 2011. It's something I started years ago, and uh, now instead of just every summer, now it's every summer and every uh, uh, every every August and every December now. So we do a Christmas visit, and uh, last year we brought them uh, action figures, and this year we brought them Lego sets because you know they're kids; they're they range in ages from eight to eighteen, and they really like Legos. You know, most of them do anyway. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it it was a lot of fun. It always is, and Hillsides is one of those things where you know pretty much all of the clubs join in. And, uh, you know, there, it doesn't matter if you're in the 501st or the Mandalorian Mercs or Rebel Legion or, or any club whatsoever, you know, Star Wars, you know, they all get together and it's, it's, you get the same experience out of that. You know, we all work together and it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun. And I think that kind of event just speaks volumes of, you know, what the clubs can do by working together, what they can accomplish. But, um, yeah, you know, it was designed so that, you know, there used to be 66 kids that live at the orphanage or children's home, as they call it now. And and, uh, well, so we used to execute Order 66 by invading the place. But now it's uh, there's 64 kids that live there. That's the maximum number. And uh, so I try to organize it so that there were, would be 64 costumers, you know, from each of the clubs. And they'd each bring, you know, a, a present to the kids, you know, one-on-one. So kind of like one-on-one -on -one interaction. Well, this being December, there's all kinds of Christmas events. Plus, we have a new movie coming out soon. So uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, members that dropped out last minute. So we didn't quite have enough costumers for one-on-one -on -one interaction with the kids. Now, last year when I started doing this, the same thing happened, and it was nerve-wracking. Well, 
at the same time, though, uh, I didn't have any need to worry because just like last year, the customers brought more than enough presents for the kids, as we just heard about. In fact, uh, after the 64 kids got their presents, there were more than 50 presents left over. So a lot of customers, like I brought four, for example, a lot of customers brought more than one gift-wrapped package, which means that those Lego sets are about $10 a package. That means that they spent more than $1,100 for the kids getting these things and donating them you know, to, to the kids there. And then the leftovers go to kids in the local area up there too via an outreach program that Hillsides has. So uh, that is impressive. Instead of uh, being an event where you know, the, the Legion raises awareness and tries to raise money for the kids there. We donated our time. We even donated money for the kids, you know, to, you know, mm. and uh, over $1,100 worth of merchandise went to the kids, basically. And uh, that's something that I'm just, I'm still very humbled about and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, the two events we'll have there next year. Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. Well, seven members of our Costa Rica outpost spent the morning of Saturday, December 3rd, visiting patients at the Hospital San Juan de Dios in San Jose during a Christmas party for the patients and their families in the palliative care unit. The party was organized by, I think, Joe, you're going to have to help me out on this one. Sonrisas? Yeah, the H would be silent, so it would be Ospi Sonrisas. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> It's a nonprofit organization of hospital clowns that coordinate visits to entertain hospitalized patients. So great job, troopers. And we'll have a link to a photo from the visit in our show notes. Thanks again to Grand Admiral Ed, AR3486, for that report. Garrison Carita attended a new convention this past weekend, Waynesboro Winter PopCon. It was held at a roller skating ring and featured some Star Wars celebrities like Felix Silla, Nalini Krishan, and John Morton. There were also the typical vendors, artists, Q&A panels, charity raffles, and car tournaments. Members had a great time visiting with attendees and the Star Wars actors, too. Karita is looking forward to working with the organizers to grow the 501st presence and help the convention overall grow well for the next show. One of Karita's troopers even stepped up to help shuttle the guests to and from the airport, deferring any offer of compensation to instead be donated to charity in Karita's name. Way to go, trooper. Thanks to Craig, TK3148, for that report. Young Beckett had one wish, to be a biker scout, and through the magic of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, our pathfinders in Southern California garrison and some very talented craftsmen, Young Beckett was presented with a custom-built kit-sized scout kit. He was inducted into the Empire and sent off on his first mission to capture an Ewok for Darth Vader. After being confronted with a tough choice to leave the Empire and join the Rebels, Beckett wisely chose to stay with the dark side. He proudly wore his armor for the rest of the event, long after Legionnaires had suited down. Our scouts were glad to be wearing helmets the day, because there were no dry eyes to be found. Welcome to the Empire, Beckett. I'll have to see if I can get a photo from that. It's There was like either six or eight, you know, adult-sized biker scouts, and then this little pint-sized biker scout in a group picture that, that came out really cute. This is Star Wars author Kevin J. Anderson, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Upcoming events. Obviously, the big thing 501st members are looking forward to this month is Rogue One. It's like having an extra Christmas. 
or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate during December. And our members will once again be out at local movie theaters to help celebrate. But like last year, movie theaters do not have permission to use us in advertising. So you'll have to check with your local 501st Legion unit to see where they'll be appearing. If you need any help tracking down which unit covers your area, just send us an email at eventrequest at 501st.com. You likely won't hear us say this again, but we're hoping a certain someone or her family isn't listening to our podcast right now, or it might spoil the surprise. Garrison Carita's first state squad is attending an adoption ceremony for a young five-year-old warrior princess on December 23rd. Her favorites and three characters she wants to come, but has no idea they actually are, are Darth Vader, Ray and R2-D2. Karita has a whole skit prepared for it. Darth Vader will be accompanied by two stormtroopers as well. I can't wait to hear how the ceremony goes and if she's super surprised by our visit. Do you have your tickets yet to the 501st Bash at Star Wars Celebration Orlando for next year? The sooner you buy, the more chances you'll have to win. More details on that on our social media feed in the coming weeks. But reserve your spot now by going to www.fiberfirstbash.com Tickets for the show at the Cantina are on sale now. This will be a party to end all parties as we celebrate the Firefirst's 20th anniversary and it features a special performance by Weird Al Yankovic. Tickets are available for members and friends of the Legion alike. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T dot com. Member Shoutout. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to our October Trooper of the Month, Brett Schoenwald, TI-11440 of Central California Garrison's South Valley Squad. Brett was instrumental in the whole process of our booster t-shirt fundraiser for our Make-A-Wish Endowment Fund, and there was an astounding 13 others who were nominated along with him for October. It was so wonderful to see so many troopers being recognized for their good work in the Legion. Congratulations, Brett. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter twitter.com slash 501st legion join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping star wars and charity and don't forget you can listen to this podcast on our website on itunes stitcher and the star wars podcasts android app twas the night before sithmas and all through the death star not a trooper was stirring, not even a mouse droid. All stood at attention, not a sound in the air, knowing full well that the Emperor soon would be there. Jorgerid was nervous, sweat drenched his brow. He told Vader he needed more men. The Moff's words meant little now. The Sith Lord had found new ways to motivate them. 
The shuttle landed and they fell to their knees. The door opened and Sidious looked pleased. To Vader he looked with those piercing yellow eyes and bellowed with a sinister breath. Rise. On learning his battle station was operational at last, the Dark Lord laughed and cackled with glee. <laughs> Good. Everything had proceeded as he had foreseen. Before long, Moff Jerjerid was giving orders to fire. The rebel fleet arrived to find their target, a real live one. Sidious called down from his throne in a raspy Nubian drawl. Blast fighters! Blast cruisers! Blast medical frigates! Now blast away! Blast away! Blast away all! Thought you did the good guys would prevail? Not in this tale. It's Sithmus after all. <laughs> This is fan fiction only. Vader Scrooge and the Ghost of Sithmus Yet to Come by Leannikin Skywalker Vast Castle, Vigen, Vader's Private Study December 25th in the year 06 before the Battle of Yavin The droning of his respirator was the only sound in the austere and quiet study until the sound of electronic doors whooshing open caught his attention. Then, there was the barely audible soft katink katink sounds of a bipedal droid's tiptoeing footsteps across the pristine black Kyrian marble floor. He listened to the sound of the stealthy footsteps, until the protocol droid had proceeded almost all the way across the room to his desk, and then he bellowed, Stop! Right there! E-3PO halted abruptly at the sound of the deep booming voice and stood frozen in place, his silver outer armor glistening in the soft glare of the lamp discs. The large leather chair in front of him slowly turned on its swivel base to reveal the seated figure in the familiar menacing obsidian helmet and face mask who was now glaring straight at him. Might I ask why you are standing in my private study? Well, sir, you yourself just ordered me to stop walking. Therefore, standing is my only option. Unless, of course, I were to sit, or perhaps to lie down. Silence, Vader interrupted. Do not patronize me, my overprivileged and unduly haughty assistant. I have had quite enough of your attempts at sarcasm. They are well beyond the farthest limits of what I deem acceptable from any protocol droid in my service. The silver droid remained silent, yet raised his metallic oval chin in what seemed a slight gesture of mild indignance. But Vader matched the gesture, while raising one finger slightly up from where his black-gloved hand rested on the arm of the leather chair and then the droid suddenly tilted his head to look downward at his own torso, just as one of the bolts on his chest armor began to unscrew itself. Then the bolt fell to the marble floor, bouncing once before rolling across the room with a noisy, drawling, echoing sound. The shocked droid looked back up at the Sith Lord, who spoke more softly, but with no less menace in his black velvet synthesized voice. E-3PO, need I remind you that I wired you myself? and that I can just as easily unwire you myself. From three meters away, without so much as laying a hand on you, and without the mercy of disconnecting your tactile sensors first. 
The droid did not say a word, but simply stared back at Vader, who in turn made a small zigzag gesture in the air with the same raised finger of his gloved hand, and then the droid began speaking, only to find that his voice was suddenly malfunctioning and stuttering like a damaged recording. No, oh, oh, sir, I I am quite sure you do not need to remind me of that fact. I I am contrite, and I uh, uh, apologize most unreservedly. Very well, then. Apology accepted. Vader chuckled, returning his gloved hand to rest on the armchair. Now we shall return to the previous subject at hand, which was, Why are you here in my private study? Having forced the droid's contrition, if not its respect, Vader spoke calmly, mask tilting slightly in a query as he spoke. You have repeatedly been instructed not to disturb me when I am in this room, unless it is a matter of extreme urgency. I do not see your hindquarters on fire, and so I will therefore assume your reason for disturbing me is not a pressing matter. The droid blurted out. But, sir, begging your pardon, I do believe that it is... You see, just a few moments ago, an Imperial shuttle entered the main hangar, and a package for you was delivered by Royal Guard Messenger. It is a gift from the Emperor, sir. Some assortment of elegant Sith libations and a variety of gourmet confections labeled for you and the Bast Castle staff, sir. And I couldn't help noticing there was a fine-grade machine lubricant included, which would be considered quite a delicacy elixir for a cybernetic such as, well, me and... Vader was growing ever more impatient, and barely suppressed the growl in his voice as he interrupted. In your verbal meanderings, you have still neglected to divulge the one piece of information I would find at all essential here. That being, why this concerns me with any pertinence whatsoever. The silver droid replied. Because, my lord, it is Sithmus and... But then the droid paused, sensing that he was at the end of Vader's patience and only a thin wire's breadth away from being dismembered by the angry Sith Lord. He then got to the point much more quickly. And because the Royal Guard left instructions for you to contact the Emperor immediately upon receipt of the gifts, it seems you are to also have the gifts distributed amongst the castle's kitchen staff before they're all dismissed for the holiday this evening which, if my internal timers are correct, is only a short while from now. With your permission, I will happily go and expedite that distribution of gifts, my lord, so that you may be spared the task and instead be free to contact the Emperor. Vader thought to himself a moment, gruffly. Sithus, I do not understand the need for such inane pomp and useless pageantry, especially in the Empire. Yet he set aside his frustration and replied to the droid with a somewhat calmer tone, a hint of resignation in his voice, as he mentally prepared to humble himself before the hologram of his master. Very well. You may proceed. Once I have spoken with the Emperor, I will contact you by comlink to confirm that you have completed the task. The droid made a perfunctory nod, then turned and hurried out of Vader's study in his usual shuffling tiptoe mechanical way, glad to be leaving the range of the Sith Lord's wrath. When he was certain he was far out of range of Vader's audio receptors and well on his way down the hall to the lifts, Ethripio swore softly to himself in his crisp metallic tenor. E. Jota, I am only trying to be helpful. Someone certainly awoke with their underpinnings in an uproar today, even more so than usual. And with that, the silver protocol droid descended the lifts to attend to the task of gifting the kitchen staff. A little while later...
The Sith apprentice sighed and rose to stand once again, stepping down from the hollow pad deck and then turning to walk quickly down the corridor of the empty castle. As he walked, the steady whoosh of the respirator's breathing cycle echoed in the circular atrium, joining in with the stern click of his boot heels as he strode across the marble floor. The footsteps disappeared to silence as he arrived at the lifts. Then a black-gloved hand waved across a small panel on the wall, causing the lift door to immediately open with a... Upon entering the lift, he waved again, and the door slid closed leaving Vader alone with a much smaller space now with his own thoughts. Sithmas. <laughs> but I should consider myself fortunate that because of the holiday, my master did not require too lengthy a hologram consultation. I am getting too old for such marathons of kneeling anyway. These knees were not designed for such to begin with. The subpar wiring in this left leg's neurojunctions would be only too happy for any excuse to short-circuit. A defect which is fortuitous only if I have the need to use my left leg as a jackhammer while it spins me involuntarily around in a circle as I am trying to catch up with it. That is always such an impressive maneuver to behold, when exhibited by a seven-foot-tall armored Sith Lord. The vocoder barely registered the sigh he issued forth in impatience as the lift car descended very slowly to the castle basement, and he muttered to himself very quietly. And now if these lift doors will kindly ever open sometime before sunrise, I can go find E-3PO and ascertain just why he's not answering my calm. A few moments later, Vader strode impatiently down the long hallway towards the servant's kitchen, still preoccupied with his own grumbling thoughts. Arrgh, Sith Spit. Seventeen floors down to the dungeon level, just to locate a droid in the kitchen, when a simple calm paging should have sufficed. Why did I select an Imperial E-3PO unit in the first place? They are notoriously self-important, and of course I chose to program an AI personality into the thing on top of that. I should have known that droid would turn out to be nothing but willful, petulant, and whiny, and what in the name of... What is that insipid cacophony assaulting my audio receptors? Vader stopped, canting his helmet at an angle, and focusing his attention to discern the source of the sound. It was muffled music, emanating from the closed doors of the kitchen. Then, launching into determined strides, he stormed down the remainder of the hallway, bursting into the kitchen as the doors swept open with a force wave of his hand, only to be met with loud Sithmas carols being sung in some alien language, the Sith Lord stopped in his tracks, completely taken aback by the scene in front of him. Standing atop of one of the long metal countertops was a trooper from the hangar bay, now unhelmeted and swaying quite drunkenly while attempting to croon the words to a Sithmas carol using a large cooking spoon as a microphone device. And down on the floor sat another trooper, also unhelmeted and very drunk, holding up a death stick igniter and repeatedly flicking it aflame while calling out something slurred and indecipherable to cheer on the singing trooper and a couple of meters away dancing unsteadily with a can of the synthetic machine lubricant in his metallic hand was the now quite apparently intoxicated silver protocol droid E-3PO the kitchen staff was nowhere to be found and what remained of the gift basket of assorted Sith elixirs and exotic confections had not been distributed to the staff Instead, it had been well sampled by these three, the motley revelers who now populated the disheveled kitchen, which looked as though a Korriban cyclone had hit it. Clearly, there had been quite a wild revelry here, in a very brief amount of time. The Sith Lord raised a gloved hand, and the music halted instantly. Then his deep voice barked out. 
It seems I am arriving a bit late for the festivities. Ethripio started at the sound of Vader's voice and lost his balance, staggering and nearly falling over backward, and then simply burst out laughing, making a strange hiccuping sound which Vader had never heard the droid make before. The two troopers instantly began to scramble to put on their helmets, each trying not to laugh, and the trooper on the floor tried unsuccessfully to get to his feet, falling over repeatedly as his helmet slipped out of his hands and rolled several meters away. Vader's voice boomed again. Lieutenant Sparjewit, Seagar, has your commanding officer given you leave? I didn't think so. You will be sleeping this one off in the brig. As Vader turned to address the other trooper, the first trooper dropped his helmet again, then picked up the helmet, cursed, and blurted out a slurred retort between hiccups, forgetting in his inhibition just whom he was so boldly and casually speaking. But, sir, it's, it's Sithsmus. That's, that's no fair. The Sith Lord's temper ignited full force as he whirled around and raised his gloved hand, sending the startled trooper flying backward through the air to land in a large, empty linen bin. And then, Vader's voice rumbled everything in the kitchen with its baritone roar. Sithmas is useless, outdated folklore. And not fair, you say? Fairness is not in my vocabulary. Perhaps you would prefer a more permanent form of reprimand. Not another word, Lieutenant. Report to the brig immediately, both of you. Get out of my sight. The second trooper staggered meekly and quickly over to help his fellow trooper who was attempting to climb out of the bin, and both troopers then slouched quietly out the door. Vader whirled around and walked over to the woozy protocol droid, then stood towering over him. The droid managed a flurry of botched, slurred words amidst mechanical laughter. Oh my goodness, sir, you... You're really, really, really tall, and I'm really, really rather, rather dizzy. I'd, I'd better sit down. Yes, it's not my fault. I, I was, I decided to test the synthe, synthe, oh, whatever it is. I don't know where those two guys came from. Think they must live here. Reeling a bit and shaking his silver-domed head, Ethripio added, And I think I need to take leave myself for some rest. Vader clenched his fist, and the droid was silenced, slumping forward, its optical lights extinguished. The Sith Lord's curtly hissed reply followed. Your resignation is accepted. Reaching to open the droid's back panel, Vader was preparing to flip its kill switch and rip the recalcitrant robot's electronics to pieces with his bare hands, but then Palpatine's voice boomed loudly from somewhere behind him. Lord Vader. Vader froze spun around, then stood there completely stunned. Floating several feet in the air directly in front of him was not the Emperor, but a luminous, slightly transparent figure in a long white Jedi tunic and brown robe, an apparition staring down at him with a slight lopsided grin. He recognized the apparition's shaggy long hair and boyish face instantly. It was his own visage, his former self, whole as he once was seemingly so long ago. He stammered almost involuntarily at the sheer incredulity of it. What in the... this... this must be some sort of force chimera. Of course. Master, it is you, isn't it? The Sith Apprentice instantly dropped to one knee and lowered his head as he'd done so many hundreds of times in his master's presence. But the apparition simply rolled its eyes and spoke again, this time using his own voice, or rather, the voice of his former self. Oh, get up, for Krenn's sake. I'm not the old coot. 
I just wanted to get your attention before you did something stupid. Vader looked up, now murmuring to himself. I must be dreaming, or this is some malfunction. This is preposterous. You are not real. You cannot be. You were a creation of my master, who is no doubt playing a joke. The apparition crossed its robed arms and merrily grinned the lopsided grin again, raising an eyebrow in a slight smirk. No, this is not a dream, not a joke, and not a malfunction. I am quite real, but I'm not your master. Vader stood and immediately clenched his fists. Then who are you? Identify yourself and cease this absurd prank right now. The Sith Lord tried to hurl a force blast at the apparition, but the energy simply passed right through its vaporous form, causing only a slight flicker and ripple. Then the apparition adopted an all-too-familiar frown and raised its voice. You know perfectly well who I am, Anakin Skywalker. The angered apparition then reached out a hand, pointed down, and arcs of blue electricity began to dance all around the floor at Vader's feet. The surprised Sith Lord backed up instantly at the sight of the treacherous electrical current, knowing it could fry his internal systems in less than a heartbeat. Though addled and confused by this gesture, his voice registered only a slight pensive hitch as he answered calmly, almost gruffly. That name no longer has meaning for me. The apparition's reply came snapping right back at him in his own familiar, arrogantly phrased, sarcastic tone. <laughs> well then, Mr. Aloof with the bad memory, let's see if any of this has meaning for you. And with another wave of the ghostly hand, suddenly Vader was shown a panoramic series of images from his former life, rapidly replayed inside his mind's eye. Himself, pod racing as a child. Shmi Skywalker smiling at him. Himself as a teenaged Padawan returning to Watto's junkyard. The first moonlit Tuscan who fell under his furious blade. His bare feet walking across a sandy flat landscape. A sky brilliant with the hues of two setting suns. An agile yellow Delta Seven starfighter cavorting effortlessly through space. Obi-Wan shearing off his Padawan braid with the lightsaber at his Jedi knighting. Padme holding his gold mechanical hand, a gold ring on her finger. Vows being said. His hands on Padme's belly, feeling the force signature of beginning life within. Suddenly molten lava all around him. The blur of a blue blade shearing off his legs and left arm and his body falling helplessly towards the scorching black ground. Lava crawling up his back, raking his skin with it like a hellish tide, as his eardrums melted and became deafened to his own screams of agony. Just then, Vader slammed his hands into the sides of his helmet, growling and choking back tears, and bellowing out an angry plea as random objects hurled themselves across the kitchen and several appliances exploded with a burst of sparks. Enough! No more! No more of this spirit! And then, almost as an afterthought, the anguished voice dropped to almost a barely perceptible murmur through the vocoder. No more, please. As the helmeted head lowered, silent moments passed as the wordless apparition waited, its blue glowing flicker reflecting across the impeccably shiny black armored dome. Vader didn't move. Beneath the helmet and hidden by the mask, his tear-stung eyes were closed and his jaw was clenched. 
Slowly, he regained his composure and looked up at what he could only accept and surmise was in fact his own ghost. The apparition crossed its arms once again and simply stared right back at him, finally speaking again. So, some things do still have meaning for you after all, don't they? (laughs) And after a moment's musing, the apparition encircled Vader in a force field by using his own formidable Sith energy, effectively not only capturing the rest of his attention, but also rendering him temporarily unable to do little more than listen. Then the firm voice made no uncertain terms of its message, and the familiar frown and quirked brow punctuated it in the unquestionable brazen way that only he could. Wake up, Anakin, or Vader, or whoever it is you refer to yourself as now. Exactly why do you suppose it is that I'm here? I will tell you why I'm here. You. I am the ghost of Sithmas yet to come. I am you, and Vader... In just a few short years from now... The ghost of himself stepped closer to his corporeal armored form, its filmy blue luminous reflection mirrored in the gleaming black lenses which stared wordlessly back at it now, and it spoke again. Do not fool yourself into thinking for one moment that you are immortal, Sith. You haven't cheated death, and you never will. There's no amount of midichlorians that will spare your life, just like there were none that could spare hers. Not one of us is immortal, not in the flesh, only the soul. As long as we don't sell it, or throw it away, your soul's fate is not sealed. You just stubbornly refuse to see that. The apparition half floated and half walked a few steps away again, looking the Sith Lord up and down, then continued. Tell me, Vader, when you close your eyes at night now, if you even sleep anymore, you've already begun to have the dream, haven't you? The dream where you see your suit of armor in flames. Yes, you have. You have seen your death. Then why can you not open your eyes and see your life while you still have one? Vader did not reply, and though the force field around him was subsiding, he didn't move, only tilted his angular masked chin slightly downward as the words sunk into his psyche much to his dismay. His ghost continued, speaking less severely, but still with firmness, in a manner not unlike Qui-Gon might have spoken to him as an errant child so long ago. You will always be a Jedi to me. But if you insist on calling yourself a Sith Lord, if you insist on being one, then be an honorable one. That's how Shmi taught you to be. Enough with the petty temper tantrums, the whining and the negativity. You did enough of that as a Jedi. And another thing, quit breaking your droids. That just makes you seem childish and destructive. But most importantly, don't dwell on what you don't have anymore. Regardless of how powerful you think it makes you to dwell on such negativity, the day will come when you'll see that it doesn't. Instead, realize what good things you do still have. Like legs that work, loyal ranks, faithful servants, and a master who for all his quirks is still the man who saved your life. Treat them as though they matter, because they do. Believe you this, Sith Lord, they will not be around forever, just like you won't be around forever. And somewhere out there, Lord Vader, Anakin Skywalker, are your children. You might want to find them, and find yourself, before it's too late. 
The apparition turned and float-walked back to where Vader had first seen it. But the Sith Lord remained mute and in shock at the mention of his children as the ghost continued speaking while it flickered and began to fade away. There's much more that I could tell you. The trouble is, you wouldn't listen. Maybe you're not able to understand or to accept any of it yet. But you will be. You will be soon enough. The next time you see me, you will be me. And with that, the apparition began to fade, then dissolved into thin air. Suddenly propelled forward with angst and desperation and a thousand questions at once which he didn't quite know how to ask, Vader reached out but grasped only emptiness in his glove. After a moment, Darth Vader looked around the kitchen, hearing only the steady drone of his respirator. His gaze fell upon the stilled and silent protocol droid with its switch panel open. With a gesture of his black-gloved hand, the droid came back to life, weaving unsteadily on its feet as it looked around at the demolished kitchen. Oh, my! What happened here? The Dark Lord walked matter-of-factly to stand next to the droid, closing its switch panel and latching it before speaking. You apparently imbibed enough of the lubricant elixir to souse a small army of droids, had some sort of a dancing and singing celebration in here with two stormtroopers, derailed everything from its proper place in the kitchen, and then promptly passed out of synthetic consciousness. Now, follow me. We are going to get you into an oil soak and see to a coolant flush for you, which will remedy the situation. And we will be stopping by the brig on the way back to my quarters. There are two detainees who were sent there by... My mistake. But that would be easy to fix. Vader paused, looking back to the spot where his own ghost had stood just a few moments before. I'm good at fixing things. Or at least, I once was. Perhaps, I can be again. Vader strode slowly towards the door of the kitchen, and the droid followed him, shuffling slowly along, the Dark Lord waving the lamp disc switches off as they passed through the doorway. Neither of them saw the faintly glowing figure who reappeared in the darkened kitchen and smiled as he watched them walk away, then disappeared back into the force. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. The t-shirt has oh. received there. Uh, uh, there's oh, some there's somebody's uh, breaking up. I can hear you guys. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, something was happening with the. Uh, yeah. Oh, something just dinged. I uh, think that was my cat. He's out here now. Well, there's a blooper. <laughs> hey, we always get bloopers somewhere along the line for you. <laughs> it was held at a roller coaster. Sorry, not quite. It was held at a roller skating ring. They published a data burst from the 501st, which... <laughs> that rhymes. <laughs> yeah.